Welcome to another exciting episode of the Crypto Podcast, where we unravel some of the greatest crypto-related mysteries throughout history, with your host, Sharjee Okan. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, in general, our understanding and mastery of the subject of cryptography has advanced so far that a secure cipher is only guaranteed if it's made and kept by the current first world country powers for security purposes, etc. Other than that, we've managed to break almost every single cipher throughout history, revealing great secrets about the time they were written. Several hundred years old, written completely in cipher text with about 75,000 handwritten characters and belonging to a secret society at the time. The Copio cipher was a mystery in the world of cryptography. This was only until recently when it was cracked during 2011. In this week's episode, we will be talking about the interesting history and the somewhat complicated mechanics along with the importance of the strange contents of the Copio cipher. So right off the bat, what was the Copio cipher and what did it include? The Copio Cipher itself is a green and golden book consisting of 105 pages. It's essentially an entire book written in enciphered German by the Wolfenbühne, also known as the Oculists, a Masonic secret society somewhere between the 1760s and the 1780s. It contained mathematical symbols, arrows, and letters from the Greek and Roman language. And on top of that, it used a complicated homophonic substitution cipher to encrypt the actual message, also known as a plain text in cryptography terms. The cipher's complexity was overwhelming. Symbols used for Saturn and Venus, Greek letters like pi and gamma, oversized ovals and pentagrams, I symbols. It got really strange with the Copiel cipher. But what was hidden behind the cipher was even more interesting and overwhelming. The researchers found that the initial 16 pages describe an oculist initiation ceremony. This was quite a strange ritual. The manuscript contained a Masonic practice in which a person is asked to read a blank piece of paper. And when he or she is not able to do so, for obvious reasons because there's nothing on the paper, he is given an eyeglass and asked to try again and then after washing the eyes with a cloth followed by an operation which in which a single eyebrow hair is removed he, he is asked to read again here the oculus use sight or vision simply as a metaphor for knowledge we have to understand that the difficulties of fully understanding and comprehending these type of ciphers well these type of texts essentially by masonic societies since they're written in such a cryptic and hard-to-decode way, even after cryptography or cryptanalysis. Speaking of breaking the code, it was not easy deciphering this. As explained by Brent Morris, a retired U.S. government mathematician, it was a homophonic substitution cipher, or a substitution cipher with variants. Now, I know these sound like fairly complicated terms, so let me break it down for you. In cryptography, a substitution cipher is a method of encoding, 
by which units of plain text are replaced with ciphertext according to a fixed, predetermined algorithmic system. Since these ciphers may be easy to crack, homophonic ciphers are used, an early attempt to increase the difficulty of frequency analysis. This is what it does. So basically, when you're trying to break the code, you perform a frequency analysis on it. <clears throat> what this does is it shows you all the frequencies of the different characters used in the ciphertext, which allows you to break the code by matching it up with the frequencies of the known alphabet. Now, if we were to equalize these frequencies, so let's imagine a bar graph where we have different frequencies showing different peaks. Obviously, some characters are gonna have more, or some characters are gonna appear more than others. So they're gonna have a higher frequency. This means there are gonna be different peaks on the frequency chart. Now, what if we were to flatten these peaks and equalize them? This would obviously make it harder for it to crack, right? And this is exactly what they do in homophonic substitution. Low frequency letters such as Q and J map to only one cipher character, while high frequency letters can be represented by several cipher characters. As just one example, in normal English, E is about 13% of all letters with five cipher variants. Each would appear about two and a half percent of the time. This flattening makes it way harder to crack. Speaking of the cracking of the Copiel cipher, the Copiel cipher was broken by an unlikely team of three academics. Dr. Kevin Knight from the University of Southern California and Drs. Biara Megisi and Christian Schieffer from Uppsala University, Sweden. The cracking simply began in a, in a restaurant in Germany and ended up in the University of Southern California. Kevin Knight, a University of Southern California specialist in machine translation, uh, the use of, which is basically the use of computer-based algorithms to automatically translate one language into another. He even built an algorithm that would translate Dante's Inferno based on the chosen meter and rhyme scheme, and at the time was even working on software that could understand the meaning of poems and even generate verses on their own. Knight first produced a machine-readable version of the text. Given that the document was found in Germany, the team assumed that the Roman characters contained all relevant information, while the remaining characters simply served as nulls. Roman characters were sprinkled all over the text simply to confuse cryptanalysis. When this approach bore no results, they assumed that a simple substitution cipher might have been used and the root language was German. After the failure of German, English, Latin, and other European and non-European languages, the team was not able to find a single candidate language for the cipher. After attempting a few uh, cryptanalysis attacks, they did see a very slight preference for German. That, combined with the location of the book and the inscription Philip 1866, which by the way was the only plain text on the book, using the German double P, led them to conclude that they were they might be on the right track. They were correct. But slowly they came to the realization, or more so, the epiphany. The epiphany they got was that the Roman letters were actually the nulls 
and the other seemingly random characters contained the actual information. The unaccented Roman characters merely served to represent spaces and capitalized characters indicated the beginning of a new paragraph. Using this technique, they were able to very slowly tease out enough plain text and eventually the cipher was fully cracked. Some of us might be wondering, why might this cipher, why might the oculists have used a cipher for this? What was the purpose of using cipherus? What was the what was the purpose of secrecy? Well, hundreds of thousands of Europeans belonged to secret ident secret societies in the 18th century. In Sweden alone, there were more than a hundred orders. Though they were secretive, they were often remarkably inclusive. Many of them welcomed noblemen and merchants alike. This was very very rare, a rare egalitarian practice in an era of strict social hierarchies. That made the orders dangerous to the state. They also frequently didn't care about the adherents' Christian denomination, making these orders, especially the biggest one of them, Freemasonry, an implicit threat through the authority of the Catholic Church. In 1738, the Pope forbade all Catholics from joining a Masonic lodge. Others implied that the only the, the 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 main only groups might be hotbeds of sodomy not long after rumors stated rumors started that uh, the members of these orders actually worship the devil so you can start getting a basic idea of how much hate and opposition these societies were vulnerable to however these societies were the incubators of democracy modern science and religion they elected their own leaders and drew up constitutions to govern their options. Voltaire, George Washington, and Bank Franklin were all active members. Just like today's network radicals, much of their power was wrapped up in their ability to stay anonymous and keep their communications secret and their work and work efficiently without being known to the public. After reading the Oculus Cipher, the historian Honor Force suggested that it describe one of the more extreme groups, or Freemason, Freemasons. There were no implicit threats to the church or state. Rather, the Oculus made it very clear that they were not huge fans of it. In part of the Copiel, there's explicit talk about slaying the tyrannical three-headed monster who deprives man of his natural freedom. There's even call for a greater revolt. The Freemasons were allowed to write about their ideas and rituals, and so the Oculus guarded and transmitted the Masons' deepest secrets using a mixture of ritual, misdirection, and most importantly, cryptography. Will we ever know enough about these secret societies? Or is it just too early to answer this question? I'm your host, Sharjil Khan, and this is the end of the podcast.